It's time again for Scaring is Sharing. It's a place where we share spooky news and frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. I'm trying to emulate Ian from It's Only a Podcast, and I can't do it. I can't talk like one of those scary trailer guys. I know, right? He's like, keep telling yourself it's only a podcast. (laughs) It sounds so good. I love it. Plug, plug, plug. Plug, plug, plug. Check them out. (laughs) <laughs> but I'm so glad that today I am here with Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And I'm here with Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flame and scream queen himself. Oh my God, I am. And you know what my husband got me for Christmas? This What's thing that? that says, Hollow Queen. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> it is so beautiful. And it fits right on top of one of my monitors. So it could just look me right in the face all the time because I am. Very good. I live in Hollow Queen. You are the Hollow Queen. (laughs) I know. I wish I would have coined that first. I did coin um, Lori Chode was Mm -hmm. my drag name, which I like. That's that's so good. (laughs) That's so good. It was my Instagram handle for a while, but then people kept thinking I was female, which is you know not a bad thing because my Mm -hmm. uh, my first name is Brandy. So I mean you know whatever. Mm -hmm. I changed it. Um, but yeah, if you've never been here before, Jeremy and I talk about horror movie things and just life. And then we typically assign the other person a movie they've not seen before. We each watch them, come back and talk about them. Or like in this case, we both go see a new release that neither of us have seen before. And we talk about just that one movie. Yeah. And as you know, you clicked on the episode, so you already know what we're talking about. But we'll get to that soon enough. We will. And if you want to just skip ahead to us and our thoughts, I mean, you're on us. But if you want to skip to our thoughts, look in the podcast notes. You can see where to go, the timestamp. I wish I could just give you a chapter thing, but that doesn't work like that with this podcast. I think some do. Not us. Mm -hmm. Not us. Not us. No. Jeremy, I have so many things to say to you. Me too. Okay, but the first one, because I keep forgetting to ask, because you mentioned this to me in person, and I keep failing to ask. Listeners, if you've been around for a while, a few weeks back, maybe a month ago or so, friend of the podcast, Brett Wheat, who is a filmmaker, wrote this email in about this creepy DVD that they found that was like in with like the SAG screeners, because Mm -hmm. he's like a fancy time director. And it was creepy and weird, and it felt all too familiar. And I didn't know if it was like a creepypasta, like he was like, here, now you carry on this story. But Jeremy, you saw him, and you started telling me, I said, I would save it for the podcast, and I keep forgetting to ask. So we didn't know if it was real or whatever. Jeremy, tell me what you know. Okay. He came to town to visit uh, around Christmas time and we hung out and he's like, I got something for you. And he handed me the DVD uh, that he wrote in about. And I can let me show you. It's right here. Let me show you what it you know, look at it. Look at you can see it's got creepy. It's got like a skeleton imprinted on it. Like, Uh this is it. It's for real. Uh, I popped it in to watch it and it's like. The real bare bones menu, like what I figured out is that on the like the menu screen, the title screen, what he was talking about was in place of like play, uh, they had like custom, you know, uh, mm-hmm. words, options there. And it says like, abandon all hope ye who enter here. 
instead of play. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's kind of cheesy. But um, it's like a series of chapters uh, as I was watching this thing where like each begins with like a creepy quote from like Nietzsche and, you know, edgy figures like that from like philosophy and art. Uh, and then it'll just show each one is just a different location. Like one's a playground, like in a with no people, like sans people. It's just an empty playground. But there's this droney like <clears throat> soundtrack, like doing weird stuff. And there's like a whole bunch of them. They're all only minutes long. Um, now, as Brett said, what was weird to him was the fact that some of it was Echo Park, where he, you know, he used to hang around there or live around there in L.A. And um one of them is a, a, a location in New Orleans where he had just been himself as well and recognized it. Um, but on the title screen, it did say, I cannot remember the name of it off the top of my head, but Verge Bliss. It said a film by Verge Bliss. Uh, so I went digging on the Internet like, OK, is this a person that exists? They are. There is a Verge Bliss out there. Uh, and I guess they are uh, what you would call uh, noise music it's referred to which is mostly just you know it's droney and a musical and whatever it's definitely a very underground sort of music scene um okay. and this and this is like a visual album this uh, artist made where each one is a different track with a video that goes along with it um so that's what it is brett doesn't know how he got it or how it ended up ended up in his possession. Uh, there's so not a weird. lot on the internet about this artist. They seem pretty underground. And I found like just an article talking about this release and some others of theirs and they play live sometimes. Um, I did discover that I have a mutual connection to Verge Bliss on Facebook. You do? Uh, yeah, through another uh, underground like punk uh, performance artist th that I know through a friend named the Emotron. So he's mm. a connection there, but I just thought it was weird. I think Brett, I think you opened up a can of weird connections and coincidences where like you found this disc, told us about it, gave it to me. I watched it, discovered it's by a musical artist that knows another musical artist that I'm aware of. And yeah, it's just weird, weird coincidences. Still kind of creepy. But I'm glad the mystery of solved is solved as far as like, what is this? And like, is this real? Because yeah. I was real confused. Not like that he wrote a confusing email. I just didn't know if he was like, let's have fun, boys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not necessarily the ring, but it's still a weird thing how this came into our lives. I'm still not unconvinced uh, with all the, you know, occult stuff I'm into that Brett said he found it after he was in New Orleans on Halloween participating in a voodoo like ritual like a mass voodoo ritual right so i'm still like i think you invoke something and whatever those forces were they said hello we see you and <laughs> here's a little uh little trick for you to <laughs> yeah. keep you on your toes i think that's what happened do you know what else is super exciting jeremy yeah when this drops <laughs> I, it's friday I, the 13th oh it is Yes. Oh, shit. I didn't realize. I just today realized. It is a Friday the 13th. And we're not doing any sort of, we're not spinning the die. But if you want to no. go back, we did spin the die once. We had really bad luck. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was, a fu that was fun. Though. It was, that was, it was a 12-sided fun... die. Mm -hmm. And Jeremy had it because he does those sort of nerdy things sometimes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> and we sp we rolled it and we got the first two movies that have popped up. We watched those in the Friday the 13th franchise. It was 
takes Manhattan and the remake, and it was dreadful. Two of the most divisive and possibly hated <laughs> out of the series, but we watched them. We did, we did. So, so go back and find that episode if you want. Um, that was a fun time. Yeah, it was. Even though they were bad, it was still fun. But yeah, and also, Joe got me a tie-dye sweatshirt that's the Friday the 13th, the original poster. Mm. And it's like all black and gray tie-dye. It's like not, it's like a very like cool, like it almost looks like weird black flowers on like a dark gray sweatshirt. That is cool. Really cool. So I will probably post a picture of myself in said sweatshirt on Friday. Good. And speaking of Christmas... I have a Christmas present from you here. Yes. That I got from you last night when we went to see Megan. Finally. I'm open it really fast. Open it. Open it really open fast. Open it. I hope it's you from love it. You and your wife. Yes. Oh my gosh. I see pink. Oh my gosh. What does it say? Final girl. The trick is to stay alive. It's Lori Strode and she's so hot. Mm-hmm. Oh my Ooh. God. Jeremy, I love it. Look how hot she is. I know. I saw that. I was like, that's such an awesome Oh my t-shirt. God. It's the best t-shirt. Thank you, Sarah and Jeremy. You're welcome. Oh my God. I can't wait. It is so fucking cool. The trick is to stay alive. Mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't I think do that, it again. That, that, that was, yeah, that was like one of the original taglines, right? For Halloween. Oh, was it? Yeah, it's one of the. I think it's one of the. Uh, one of the, because uh, the uh, the famous one, of course, it's it's the night he came home. Everyone knows that. But yeah, the trick is to stay alive. I think was another one that they used in the ad campaigns. Cool. Uh, oh my god, mm-hmm. I love it. Thank you. You're welcome. And- Everyone, please send us pictures of what you got for Christmas or your birthdays or whatever. We yeah, love to whatever. see horror merch. I merch, see merch, some merch. Cool, cool horror collectibles and merch. Yeah, and if you want to buy our merch, you can go to our link tree, which is on our Instagram, all one word, scaring and sharing, and click on that, and you can go buy merch. You can buy, like, panties. I hate yeah. that word, but you can buy them. You okay. can buy them if you want. And speaking of, our friend Brett we just talked about is always wearing our T-shirt. He's repping <laughs> us a lot, and I love it. So thanks, Brett. That's awesome, Brett. Yeah, the one shirt I got, I got, like, a light hoodie like it's not quite a sweatshirt it's just that light hoodie but like i ordered a size up and it's way too big on me uh because <gasps> i'm working out and stuff Ooh, getting no, felt um so but i i think i want to get a sweatshirt i'm a real big fan of sweatshirts i never liked sweatshirts until maybe three or four months ago oh oh wow i love hoodies but now i'm into sweatshirts yeah i've been on the hoodie and sweatshirt train for years now so yeah. i love them i love them so we went to the movie last night and there was a really cool trailer that I didn't watch, but how does it look? How does Evil Dead Rise look? It looks crazy. Like it excites you? Yes, it excites me very much. It looks stylistically like more in tone with the Evil Dead remake. Sure. Most recent one. Um, but I don't think it has. It didn't. I didn't notice anything that made me think like, oh, it's connected directly. I think it's another like standalone Evil Dead story. But the Necronomicon is there. You know, they're playing the audio tape of the recording of the doctor talking about, you know, studying the book. So, you know, the, there's some shots of a cabin in the woods, though. It's not the cabin in the woods, but a different cabin in the woods. So it looks like we're going to get hmm. multiple locales. But yeah, because cool. I wondered if you saw the trailer and not the title, would you know what it was? Like, would you know this is an Evil Dead movie? Yeah. And. As soon as the Necronomicon is there, you're like, oh, "Oh, that's what this is. Yep. So, yeah, I wonder how it's going to get to this, like, high rise, because there's got to be some story to that. 
And the other thing I'm very, that I keep thinking about is it, from what I know of it, and I have not watched a trailer, just seen a couple of stills, is it seems to remind me of Wreck. A little bit. Because it's in this high rise, people are yep. turning into like zombies or demons can, or whatever. I, I can see it. Yeah. And the, the, the stylistically, the, the demon, the deadites, if you will, are looking mm-hmm. less like they did in the, you know, original franchise and more like that sort of, uh, uh, like you're saying, the wreck zombie sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, and I know the boat is a fray trailer just dropped. Did you watch that? I didn't watch it yet. I know it came out, but I haven't haven't actually immersed myself in that yet. My husband Joe watched it, and he said that looks so interesting, which is mm-hmm. high praise coming from him. I because, s- yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and if I recall, he didn't like Hereditary, but he did like Midsummer. Yep, he couldn't have hated Hereditary more. Okay. And he couldn't have loved Midsummer more. So, I mean, two opposite coins. So, who knows? Could go either way with this one. Opposite sides of the coin. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I've seen some stills of it, and it does look, you know, wild. I'm not sure what's going on in there, but it looks like it's going to be like a psychological horror movie. Cool. Yeah. I'm glad that it's somewhat classified as horror still. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would watch it regardless, because Ari Aster is just genius. Yeah, for sure. And um, I know I'm all over the place here, but (laughs) the last episode, I had another random scare of approval (laughs) Uh in the beginning. It like just pops up somehow because I turn off and on the track and garage band and like move them around and I somehow missed it. And um, so, yeah, it was funny. I was listening and it just it scared me when it happened. Like (laughs) talk about a jump scare. Oh, boy. But, you know, it's just kind of silly, and it's just there. It's two Scare seconds. Scare of approval. There's two of them in our lifetime, so maybe they mean something in the maybe world. They do. I don't maybe they do. Maybe they do. What Scream, do you got for me? Scream 6 trailer. Yep. Didn't Had you seen it before last night? I did. And seeing How it on the big look, screen, though, it looks yeah. awesome. Like, I'm so pumped for it. That's going to be awesome. Yeah, it started, and I was like, uh, like, I didn't know what it was. And I was like, oh, we're walking around in our Halloween costumes. I'm a hot dog, is what I was thinking in my head. And then, like, they go into the subway, and Joe was like, don't look. So yeah. I quickly closed my eyes and my yeah. ears. It looks wild. It's I, apparently from the trailer, it looks like it's set on Halloween in New York City. So that's going to be wild. Love that. Yeah. So it looks, it looks cool. It looks really cool. And speaking of Scream, Kevin Williamson has this movie called Sick that's been sort of floating around for a while, and it drops mm-hmm. on Peacock this weekend. I just saw a thing. Oh, cool. So, I, I mean, I'm always curious because he's done some really good stuff, but he's also done some not great stuff. So I'm going to check it out, and I'll let you know what the fuck I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good. And did you hear Eli Roth is supposedly doing Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving's happening. Oh, my God. We asked for it. We didn't want another Thanksgiving in the world. So we're getting Thanksgiving. We're finally getting it. He's been saying it forever, too. Um, and the story I knew is that with Grindhouse, you know, they did the original Grindhouse. Uh, and then the plan was to do another with some of the fake trailers, expand them out into movies. I know they had been talking to Eli Roth to do Thanksgiving, Rob Zombie to make his werewolf women of the SS into a full length and uh, it just didn't happen because, you know, Grindhouse was a box office bomb. Uh, and uh, at the time, I think it was like Miramax owned all that stuff. And so they just sat on it. So none of those filmmakers could get their, you know, mm-hmm. intellectual properties back. But the word is that Eli Roth recently reacquired the rights to thanks Thanksgiving. And that's why he's going to be able to make the full length. So that makes me wonder if more of those, uh, 
fake trailers and ideas are going to get expanded out if those filmmakers will jump back on that. So I hope it comes out this coming Thanksgiving. It seems like enough time is here that he should be able to do that. And it sounds like they're going fa- like fast tracking the production too, Good. from what I read, because he actually is not done on uh, working on uh, Borderlands. He's he's directing the adaptation of Borderlands, which is a video game series I love. So, uh, but as with video game adaptations, I'm a little hesitant to see what they turn it into as a movie. Uh, but he had to step away. And so uh, I think it, he's the special effects coordinator. Or the assistant director had to jump in and finish reshoot, reshoots because Eli Roth is running off to immediately start production on Thanksgiving. So fun. And The Last of Us, I think, starts this weekend. Oh, I'm so excited for that. That looks great. But I'm going to wait and um, binge it as I want to do. I loved the I didn't play the second video game, but I did play the first one. Um, and it's really good. It's one of those games where like, I like to replay it every so often, mostly for the story. It's just such a cool story that, um, I like to just jump back in and kind of let it wash over me all over again. So I'm excited to see the, uh, yeah, the, the, the live adaptation and early buzz is pretty positive. Yeah. It's getting really good reviews from critics. So, so here's hoping Mm -hmm. also we had touched on because teacher drew wrote in about and he mentioned something about high fidelity and how it was a ripoff and you said that like we talked about intensity and dean koontz and you said high tension high tension not high fidelity i was confused for a second (laughs) very different movies both high but very different high fidelity is a good movie high tension (laughs) i've never seen the movie high fidelity i've only seen the tv series which is brilliant and it got canned actually let me say I loved the movie. It was like perfect for me as like a teenager when I discovered it um, growing up. I haven't seen it in years, so I wonder how it would hold up with modernized, like one of those kind of movies. So, well, I um, recommend the TV series. I think it's Hulu and it is so fucking good. I, I heard good things loved about it. it. Loved it. Yes. High tension <laughs> and how it ripped off Dean Koontz's intensity. And we looked, I looked into that because you mentioned something about how you thought there was a lawsuit. Mm-hmm. And apparently there was talks of a lawsuit. And Dean Koontz was like, um, I don't want my name associated with this piece of trash movie. So please, let's not do the lawsuit. Yeah. He, he <laughs> Which decided, I respect him so much for. Yeah. He decided not to sue because he wanted to give less publicity to the movie and not have his <laughs> name associated with it. So that's, that is amazing but it is slimy of those filmmakers to make the movie very clearly using his novel intensity as like the basis and then not crediting him yeah like that yeah yeah don't do that people yeah and it's interesting because with knock at the cabin coming out and there really isn't any um Nowhere is it like Paul Tremblay's based on, you know, because he's not a name yet. Mm-hmm. Like yep. maybe among some horror fans, but like not in the general public. So it's like a bummer, like that he's not getting a whole lot of credit yet and that it's not named the same thing as the book. So people aren't not probably even associating with it unless they've read it. Mm-hmm. So I hope it does really well. I hope it's really good. And I hope it launches him. So the next film could be, you know, from the author, yeah. Paul Tremblay, et cetera, because I really like his, be his cool. books. So here's hoping. Mm-hmm. Uh, should we get to some teragrams? We have a plethora today. Yeah, let's do it. I'm going to start off because there was one that I missed Ooh. on our last episode. I know. Oh, no. Oh, no. We have two from this person. So I'm going to start things off. This is from 
fiend of the podcast, Ethan, and the uh, subject line is goodbye 2022. And Ethan writes, hi, guys, hope you had a great holiday and an even better break. By the time you're reading this, it'll be 2023. I was wondering if you guys had any specific goals for this year, certain movies you want to cover, number of listens, any cool guests, you know, all that fun stuff. Along with that, what movies have you excited? Personally, I can't wait to see Megan. It looks so bad, but it also looks so good. Lastly, 2023 marks my 30th year of life, which I am still processing. But like, what's cooler than slowly marching to your inevitable end? I should probably go to therapy. Anyways, I and the rest of us listening are excited to see what you have in store for us. Okay, bye, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. Yeah, thanks, I'm sorry buddy. for the delay in reading this. Yeah. Do you have any goals this year, like horror goals? Horror goals? I mean, <laughs> I have a movie in mind I want to cover this year. Um, okay, I, I, I see. Can't, I can't reveal it. Okay. But we'll get there you know I, I do have one goal, and it sort of ties into something else I wanted to talk about. I really want to go to a film festival. Oh, yeah. I know we've talked about it. There's yeah. a really, really good one in New Orleans called um, the Overlook something, like mm. the Overlook Hotel. I can't remember the full name of it. But the, in the past, they've had, like, last year, they had, like, Piggy and Sissy and The Black Phone. Like, all these movies, like, well before they came out, I believe. And I was just like, fuck, I bet that place, that it's so good. And, like, right now you can buy, like, a pass for, like, $200. But it's in New Orleans. I just, like... Went on Expedia, typed in like how much would it be for a plane ticket in a hotel, and it's like a thousand dollars a person, oh. which is like that's that's a lot. It's a little <laughs> steep right now, yeah. And driving's a little far, and I don't know anyone there to just stay with. So it's kind of so it's like, man, that's one of my goals this year. I would really like to do that. That'd so then good. I was looking at a Motor City Legacy, which is that local mm -hmm. one that just I think last year at its first time, and they have a film festival. Mm. I'm really less interested in the convention scene. Like, I may walk through it and I may buy some things, but I, I'm not, I don't know. It doesn't interest me as much as a film festival. Mm -hmm. Their film festival last year was three days, and it pretty much is, like, from the beginning of the morning until, like, night. Like, it just goes. And it looks like it's mostly short films with a few other films in there, like Mandy's film, um, If I Can't Have You, was there. Our friend Brian Papandria, his um, Feaster Sunday, which features the old Ringwald space, mm. was also a part of the festival. But I think it's, like, a bunch of short films with a few longer films Features in there, in there. yeah. But it's like $70 for like the three-day pass. Uh -huh. So I kind of want to do that. Yeah. So I wonder, that's kind of my goal is to do a film festival this year. And I'm that one's local. It's 75 bucks. We don't have to find a place to stay. Yeah. And I, I think it would be fun because I bet a lot of it's really bad. I Yeah, I like that. We could cover it. We could do a fest episode. Yes. That'd be best great. Best of the fest. Yeah, best of the fest. That'd be awesome. Uh, th That's totally... Yeah, I guess my loftier goals, of course, always for the show would be, you know, stuff like that. Some more experiments, maybe if people are interested in us doing a, a festival episode. I've uh, I've uh, kicked around in the old noggin, maybe like a live Halloween episode, if that were possible, something like that, like mm -hmm. on location live for something to do with Halloween. That'd be cool. I don't know. I don't know, guys, but we got ideas. There's goals. Yeah, we just want to keep building this thing. As far as guests, like we definitely have some more friends of the podcast. I think we can have on here. 
and because mm-hmm. we love having them on. And like, I mean, we had Joshua John Miller, which was super fun. And I think we would love to have some more high profile folks as well. So I think we'll try to get another one of those in this this coming year. I another think that's one? always a goal. Maybe two. Who knows? Yeah, I've, we're not I've got... star fuckers, but like, yeah. you know, it's always fun to get that perspective. Yep. And I got I we I think we've got ideas, too, of uh, people that are out there. So we'll we probably do. be trying to make those happen. Um, just recently, too, I was thinking it'd be fun to have speaking of fiends of the podcast, uh, have some of our past friends back. Oh, yeah. Um, but I was trying to think of there's got to be some kind of cool thing we could do that's, you know, different from the time before. So mm-hmm. um, something, something, something like that. Would yeah, be I have fun. some ideas there, too, now that you're saying that. So, yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, movies. I mean, this year's full of them. God, yeah. It's the revenge of the sequel this year, too. Like yeah. So many franchises, long running franchises. Like there's so much coming out, guys. So we got we're we're we got goals. We're excited. But Scream 6, I am most excited about for sure. Oh, Scream 6. Uh, I'm I'm very excited for Evil Dead Rise. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's stuff I'm not even thinking about right now. But Salem's you know. Lot. Oh, yeah. Salem's Lot. Like there's so much. There's so much happening. I, I just want it all. Give me, give me, give me. And just like this last year, I mean, so many movies I'd never even heard of that ended mm-hmm. up on my top 10 because they were so good. So mm-hmm. I think I think it's just happening. People, you know, were stuck away in quarantine. Some people did some very good work during the pandemic when things were not as open. They still made, they were still creative. But like, I think the energy has sort of exploded in the best way. And people are like out there doing these, yeah. like putting these great ideas they had to life. Oh, hell yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So, of course, everyone, let us know your great ideas and goals, horror-related. And, Ethan, I'm so excited you're going to turn 30. That's awesome. And you know what? You can look at it like you're every day you're living or every day you're dying. So, yeah. You know. Get busy living or get busy dying, <laughs> as they say, Shawshank Redemption. So. Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, me uh, too. So, why don't you give us a teragram now? Okay, uh, and the next one comes from uh, our uh, friend Al. Uh, it's been a long time Love since Al. Uh, Al has written Al's a new to dad. Us. Al, yeah. congrats. Yeah, I just met his baby. Oh, my God. It's so cute. So excited for him and Anne. Okay, subject line is horror anniversary screenings for 2023. Hey, y'all, I've been catching up on the cast while I paint a floor treatment at the theater and had a topic slash question for you i'm a few episodes behind so still so no worries if you've already covered this or something similar last year i made it out to a 40th anniversary screening of the thing it was a great time seeing it with an audience on the big screen so i'm wondering what horror anniversaries are you looking forward to this year and which movies would you love to see get an anniversary screening this year also a few months late but congrats on 100 episodes al oh thanks al Thanks. You know, when I was looking at the Overlook Film Festival last year, do you know what they played for its 100th anniversary? Last year, Nosferatu. Hoxon. Oh, Hoxon. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought of you. Yes, yes, yes. I am not very good on anniversaries. Like, I usually know because AMC or one of those places will be like, oh, the 40th anniversary. And it's like the week before. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. And friend of the podcast, Chris, always sends me things. It's like, on this day, 30 years ago. But yeah. I'm like, it's just not something um, 
hard to keep track of. Yeah, it's yeah. not something that I'm all crazy about. And I am jealous that I, I I remember seeing that the thing was getting you know a big presentation. I think it was around this past Halloween uh, that it was in theaters again, and I wanted to see it, but just never made it out. But yes, I know. Um, but this year, there's some big there's some big anniversaries this year for some big ones. Uh, and if they do end up in theaters again, uh, I definitely want to see any of these. Um, it's uh, 2023 will be th- the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park, the original oh. Jurassic Park. Ooh, which, fun. Which I did see, of course, as a, li- a wee little seven-year-old when it originally came out and it uh, blew my mind. So I would love to see that with an Fuck audience yeah. again in a Fuck theater. Yeah. Um, another one, 45 years since the original Halloween. Oh, okay. I, I imagine that'll get some sort of, I bet you that, I mean, they play it every freaking year. It seems like, you know, it gets rolled out around Halloween time, but I hope they do some kind of big, like 45th anniversary special presentation or something like that. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Uh, and maybe the biggest of all the ones I've mentioned, 50 years for the original Exorcist. <gasps> wow. And that is one I've never seen in a theater with an audience. Would love to. Yeah. I, I remember when I was in high school, it had like some kind of anniversary. The version release. you've never seen. Yeah. And everyone was talking about it, but I never got to see it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I remember everyone talking about how it was still super scary to see in a movie theater with everybody screaming and jumping. So I I definitely would seek that one out if, mm-hmm. if it gets a screening. I imagine 50 years is a big deal. They got to do something with that. And the Heck fact yeah. that the, the, the new one comes out this year, doesn't it? I don't know. I guess I haven't officially heard that. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think that was the plan, but I don't know. All right. Well, we'll we'll see. But Alan, what are you interested for in? Yeah, <laughs> for yeah. and in. Yeah, let us know. Um, but yeah, that sounds super fun. I love some anniversary. Well, I, I say I love some anniversaries. I mean, it's always great. Any celebration is a, a good thing. Back in the day, any cel- any holiday was a, a chance to, to party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But now, but now every uh, every horror anniversary is a chance yeah, to live the, it up. with a smile. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, all right. So I have a quick one from um, my friend Bevan, who I saw in New York when we went, which was super fun. And Bevan writes... Hi, honey. We watched New Year's Evil on New Year's Eve. Did you ever watch it? I kind of loved it. The punk bands were awesome, and it had good structure, and it psychologically made sense to me. And it was definitely more psychologically terrifying, more than visually terrifying. It had some good visuals and scares, though. To me, it was a feel-good kind of horror movie. And there are only just a few more New Year's movies. And it's true, Bevan. I'm glad you liked it. I'm not a fan. Yeah, and we covered it. Many, we many did. episodes ago, uh, Bevan, I love New Year's Evil, so I'm on your side. It's <laughs> it, it's one of my, uh, I know it's not high art or well-regarded uh, really at all, but I still love it. So I have, a lot, I have a lot of fun with it. I watched it this New Year's Eve. Uh, that's my that's my ritual now is I watch New Year's Evil every New Year's and it's always a good time. So It is. But thanks and, for writing, Bevan. And I love the fact that it features the slasher that's like the most incompetent slasher ever because most of the movie is just him like running into problems while trying to find victims. And I find that amusing. Yeah, in front of the podcast, Chris, going back to him, also mentioned to me this year because he was watching it on New Year's. 
and said like, of course, so it has the stereotype of, you know, the black woman gets killed first. And so not a fan of that. Yep. No, that's unfortunate. Unfortunate. And I'm glad times are a changing. That's right. All right. Do you have another one? I do have another one. And the second one is also from Ethan. Uh, And Ethan says, hi, guys, just stopping by real fast. I loved hearing my episode was in the bottom four. One of Jeremy's (laughs) favorite films was from said episode. Honestly, when I heard that, I started cracking up. Who knows? Maybe my episode will gain a cult following. Anyways, hope all is well. Bye. (laughs) Oh, but we love it. We love it. I hope so, Ethan. I hope it becomes a cult classic. Like, I hope people go back to that one. They're like, wait, that Lake Mungo episode was a lot of fun. Because, yeah, he gave us some really good movies. So no faults, you know, it it, it just happens sometimes. It just happens. There's no accounting for taste. Maybe people just, I mean, I feel like Lake Mungo is beloved but it's still like not like a household name, so to speak. Uh, yeah. and, same, and same with Pontypool. Like I think they're sleeper hits mm-hmm. still. Uh, so the cults will only grow with time, I imagine. Yep, that's right. Well, I have one last teragram. We're full of them this year. This yeah. is like this is Christmas in so many ways, even though we're past Christmas. Yep, it's still we're still in the given mood. Yes, this is from elite friend of the podcast, Lauren, who writes, because it's been rattling around in my brain for a while, have either of you checked out Hulu's Into the Dark movies? It was all standalone features revolving around a holiday, like Puka for Christmas and The Body for Halloween. I don't know why it's been creeping back into my brain. I also get a bit confused with the Holidays Horror Anthology, which has crazy segments for Easter and St. Patrick's Day. I didn't watch all of Into the Dark, and some felt very hit or miss. Puka was probably the most fun because of the concept. Which just caused me to remember Grim Cuddy, which I watched recently. It's by no means great, but a fun concept. It ties into the viral nature of social media and the different experiences by teenagers and their parents. Because YouTube and all that stuff is crazy now, my little one is about to turn five, and she absolutely is obsessed with random siren head videos. Thanks again, YouTube shorts algorithm. It's like a long-term effect of the OG creepypasta, where weirdness has become become so entrenched in pop culture that it's now just a cartoon character that can be thrown into any skit for views. Okay, there's a lot going on here. Um, I combined a lot of messages there too, but I try to watch Grim Cuddy because I like the idea of it. It is sort of that um, come play or whatever that movie was called that I watched. Yeah. Similar to that, but I literally watched the first five minutes and I was like, I'm out. No. And I feel like I watched one or two um of the into the dark movies and did not love them mm-hmm. also I, someone just commented on my picture of you and i at the movies last night and said damn who's your movie buddy he's fucking cute whoa <laughs> you have a fan oh thanks <laughs> sorry that took me to it i just had to say it real quick while it popped up on my phone yep, that, well thank you did you watch any of them i feel like puka's no. up your alley i haven't but i've been interested in puka um uh, I know, I don't know if it's the original Puka, and then they, I know there's a sequel. Oh, uh, right. Puka Lives. I know in one of them, Jonah Ray from Mystery Science Theater 3000 fame, and I love him, so I wanted to check it out because he's in it, but um, haven't checked those out yet. So. Okay. And also, I don't know any of what these things are that Lauren's talking about. I don't know what Siren Head is. I know what Creepypasta is, but oh, Siren Head, do you know what that is? Yes, yeah, Siren Head 
and I only barely know what it is because I've seen the images of it online. It's a made up, it's a fictional like cryptid, you know, like Bigfoot or something like that, where people like made creepypastas claiming it's a thing that they've seen out there. It's this weird monster that has like, you know, like the air raid sirens, like they use for like tornado warning and stuff like that. It has one of those for a head. Um, And for some reason, I want to say it was like Russian or something originally. Like, I don't think it's from a, american internet it's from like somewhere else and then just proliferated like slender man or things like that do and now there's like a whole like subgenre of fiction on the internet about siren heads so weird i'm gonna have to look into that yeah it, it it's it's cool um i'm just waiting for somebody to do something like with a lot of these things i feel like they just kind of proliferate on the internet forever and you feel like somebody could make a really cool story with this. It just hasn't happened yet, like a big movie or something like that. But yeah, who knows? Now, have you seen Holidays? No, I, I've heard of that one, too. OK, or actually, s- let me back up. I think I tried to start watching it once. Um, well, the first and- segment is Valentine's Day because I think it goes in order. So there's like yeah. a girl who's in love with this boy, like in high school. Yeah, I watched part of that. Okay, did you get to Easter? Because Easter's super fucked up. Yeah, I never finished it. I remember I started it and then just kind of never got back to it. One of those movies. Yeah, a couple of the segments stick with me and I watched that forever ago in my partying days. So I was pretty fucked up. But a couple of the segments really stuck with me. That's why I think I don't really remember it because it would have been my partying days as well. So (laughs) it's lost in the beer haze. I don't remember it very well. Yeah. But thanks for writing in, Lauren. And thank you, everyone, for writing in. What fun. A trove of terrograms. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, big, old, so... big old Santa sack full of... <laughs> oh, I love Santa's sack. <laughs> Don't uh, we all? If you want to write to us, scaringissharing at gmail.com or follow us on Insta and slide into our DMs. Scaring is sharing. All right, let's get to our movie, Jeremy. My God, I feel like we've been talking forever. This is not a short and sweet spooky, no, this is already it. a long episode it is but i love it all right so jeremy and i went to see the blockbuster hit megan and it is directed by gerard johnstone who i just found out directed housebound which is one of my favorite horror films really i didn't even realize that until whoa i didn't I know. know that either I and didn't, i guess i didn't bother to look but and written by akila cooper who is a black woman which i also love Mm-hmm. So and she's horror. she's like becoming a uh, uh, go to horror yeah. writer malignant. Is, yeah, malignant. Uh, she's the Hellfest. writer, the writer of the Nun Two, which the Nun. I mean, which gives which us comes some out hope. This, it comes out this year, so yeah, hope. All right, and let's see here. The tagline on Letterbox for Megan is: "She's more than a toy. She's family." And the description is, a brilliant toy company roboticist uses artificial intelligence to develop Megan, a lifelike doll programmed to emotionally bond with her newly orphaned niece. But when the doll's programming works too well, she becomes overprotective of her new friend with terrifying results. So can I say, we went to see this last night. You sat next to me. My husband sat on the other side. My husband, who I was surprised, wanted to see this film because I didn't watch the trailer, but he he did. And he's like, oh, my God, I want to see that. He and I were laughing and having a gay old time the whole movie. I never heard nary a chuckle from you. So I have a predetermined feeling you weren't crazy about this. Well, we'll get to that. Well, here we are. <laughs> are we at that? With a rating. No, I I had fun. Okay. I had fun. I was chuckling. 
Okay. Yeah. Not yep. audibly. Yeah. Not audibly. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you guys, I think you guys were drowning me out oh, with how, how much you guys were laughing. But, I see. Because I was sitting there, Griffin and I, uh, who, I can also, hear your Griffin. Friend, your friend that joined us. Yeah. We were, we were, we were yucking it up. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I thought this was a blast. Um, I, you know, if you've listened for a while, you know, I'd stay away from the trailers. Mm-hmm. I couldn't avoid seeing her dancing around because that was all over everything. Yeah. So oh, I God. saw the visual of her dancing. But as the movie progressed, this isn't really a spoiler. I mean, it is, but it's nothing big. Like three fourths of the way of the movie, I she hadn't danced. And I was mm-hmm. like, I guess that was just for the trailer, which seems so weird because it was such a phenomenon. And then she dances and it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's worked in there in a fun way. No, like my my overall take on this was when the when the trailer came out, I couldn't have been less interested in this movie because I was like, been there, done that a million times over. A killer, you know, it's it's child's play meets Terminator meets, you know, it's got the science concepts of Jurassic Park of like, we can do this, but should we? And then it goes wrong. Like with the mixed science. with like Uptown Girls with like Brittany Murphy and Dakota Fanning. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like, you know, like, like the the un un um unprecedented match of adult and child and the adult shouldn't, you know, doesn't want to have a kid. Yeah, yeah. And it's just it's just so many disparate parts that they're throwing together where I'm like, this what's gonna happen here? But no, it it's like well acted enough and was cleverly written well enough that I was, I was very entertained by it. It, it, it rose above uh, the sum of its parts and became this wildly entertaining and uh, fun thing. It, yeah, and it really resonated with the gay culture, the queer culture. And mm-hmm. I think a lot because the doll sort of has this high fashion sort of feel to her like when she first comes into the house with with you know her creator and her um what do they call it when they they match oh her, uh, yeah her user her primary her, user her primary user when they walk in the house she's wearing these big sunglasses and she walks in and like takes them off uh-huh. i mean there's definitely something because you know the gays love a fashionista and mm-hmm. i think that mixed with that fucking dancing she does just like hit the queer culture like wildfire. Mm-hmm. And I think that not that those are the only people who like this film, but I think that's part of the reason my husband got into it. Cause like we love the simple life and things like that. Like we're not all into fashion and things, but like there's just a certain character that they chose to do with the doll as opposed to this like, you know, typical little girl. Like she looks like a little woman. Mm-hmm. And and I think that something about that was really wise to do plus she's snarky and kind of bitchy and it fits with what she looks like as opposed to like chucky looks like this cute little cartoon character and then when that voice comes out of him yeah you know there's that opposition whereas here everything just sort of ties together and there's not that shock value it's just more like oh this is you're this character you're this this person Mm -hmm. it would have been fun to have it be an r rating we were talking about that on our ride home and i heard that there's an unrated cut Oh, good. That's more violent. So that's out there. I bet you that'll come out on home video once the uh, once it gets to that. So it's also played very straight. And that's funny mm-hmm. me saying that after I talked about all the gays loving this movie so much. But I mean, the acting is played very straight. And I, I really liked Allison Williams in it, which it's yeah. not like I don't normally like her. I just thought she seemed a little bit of an odd choice for this film. Mm-hmm. But like, I thought she was so good. And that little girl from um, 
the Haunting of Hill House is just so fucking yeah, good. Yeah, she was phenomenal. Like, you I was really her. taken with how much she was doing and she was going to like challenging emotional places. I, I can only yeah. imagine for a young actor like that, that's uh, not always the easiest thing to pull off. Uh, but she nailed it. Yeah, the two of them played it very straight. And I feel like all the other people sort of amped up the characters. Yeah. And something about that just worked here. Yeah, Cause like, like her boss and her coworkers were all a little bit elevated. Yeah. A little bit like caricatures, but it yeah. fit the world they were building. Um, that was another thing at the end of this too. I'm like, I'm kind of shocked how much fun I was having, even though like virtually everyone in this movie is a terrible like person, like the characters, <laughs> like, you know, there are, you know, you get your character arcs and redemptions and stuff, but generally as you're introduced to everybody, you're like, none of them are pleasant people. Like I would not want to spend time with any of them in real life. Um, but somehow it worked in this movie. Like it all came together and worked. And especially after the total nonsense that was the Child's Play remake, which I'll Mm -hmm. give to you someday just so you can see how terrible it is. Like that movie took these concepts that that Megan had as well, like the AI thing, which is like a terrific Mm -hmm. sort of update from the old Teddy Ruxpin, which is sort of what Child's Play was going off of, Mm -hmm. and, and my buddy and things like that. And here it just, it did it so cleverly because the, man, I just can't even talk enough (laughs) about how bad child's play is just because there's just so many things and I'll wait till we talk about it. But, but this just, it worked so well. It it just, it really, like, I feel like someone watched that movie, the the writer here. And I think James Wan also was one of the writers, probably, you know, a secondary writer. Yeah. Like came into it. I'm sure he helped craft the story. And said, like, we saw that piece of trash. It was Child's Play. Let's, like, that's a great idea. Let's make a good version of that. Mm -hmm. I bet. And they did. And they did it. They pulled it off. And, of course, every time I see the title, I just think of my wife always being like, Megan! Because she's quoting the, uh, there's an episode of 30 Rock where uh, uh, it was Liz Lemon out of her apartment window. It's like the St. Patrick's Day, like, festivities going on outside. She's like, watch this. Hey, Megan. And then like a bunch of women turn around. Yeah. Yeah. But oh my God, there were, and I don't know if people in the theater were taking it serious, but like my husband and I were just having a gay old time. Like, yeah, I heard plenty of laughter. So. Oh my God. Cause I, yeah, the use of that name is brilliant too, because Megan, all apologies to all Megan's out there who may even be listening, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's a pretty ubiquitous name from a certain time in place so uh i feel like giving this name that's just a uh, very popular child's name for a long time to this doll just kind of adds another layer to the whole thing and i saw this video on friday that they did this like viral marketing where they got these like five or six sort of shorter like female identifying folks to like dress like Megan mm-hmm. with the wig and the outfit and everything. And they like went out in New York city and like did like the dance and stuff like uh, in times square and like in the subway and things like that. And I was like, that's so fucking brilliant. Like the marketing yeah. in the past, like 12 months with like between like smile and this is just so clever. It's like yeah. the movie's already doing well, but you tie it, you put in a couple of these really brilliant marketing sort of, stunts and it's gonna bring in more people oh yeah and people like i just respect it i'm just like that's so clever like Mm -hmm. yes you had to pay those people to go do that but it's probably a lot cheaper than putting an ad in the new york times or what the fuck ever yeah exactly which they probably Um, still did anyway but yeah yeah they probably did there's i'm sure i'm sure times square's got billboards of this so oh yeah 
And also speaking of James Wan, like you heard that he like really wants to do like a remake of Chopping Mall and Night of the Creepers. Uh, yeah, Night of the Creeps. Night of the and, Creeps. Thank you. And yeah. Chopping Mall. Um which I've never seen Chopping Mall. And that's that's always that's also making me jump to uh the, I forgot to mention that uh, uh, there's a remake of them coming in the news, oh, apparently. Yeah. The Giant Ant movie, which mm-hmm. is uh, Michael uh, Giacchino, I think is his name. Okay. Uh, film composer that his directorial debut was Werewolf by Night, the Marvel uh, Disney Plus movie that he just did. That was awesome. So that'll be cool. But yeah, Chopping Mall, I can see after seeing Megan and he was attached as a producer. Chopping Mall is also about killer robots in like a. Uh, takedown of consumerism kind of uh story so i can see why james wan's like ooh, time to do that one now too yeah which i think could work really well just given where we are with technology yes it just makes so much sense mm-hmm. but yeah i thought the movie was just so much fun and there's a lot of use of music well first of all my husband when it ended was like this soundtrack is like banger or whatever i don't remember use some oh yeah yeah, yeah. Like yeah i heard him he said he's like this is a banging soundtrack and i was like <laughs> it is like it was really uh they took care to select those songs but on top of the songs like and i won't get spoilery here but like megan also incorporates some music and all of the choices are very smart like what the lyrics are or the song title is there's one in particular which is a Martika song that I'm very fond of. And unless you know it really well, you won't know what's happening, what why it's so amazing. But yeah, for that alone, I was like, uh, uh fuck yeah. So yeah, the music is so good. Yeah, there there's a moment too, uh, in there again. Possible spoilers, guys. I mean, it's just incidental, but it's it's fun. She's playing piano. Uh, and yes. it took me forever to realize, like, what the what is she playing? I'm like, I know, I know that. That's uh, what I'm talking about. That's the Martika yeah, song. And I was like, oh my god, that's yeah, exactly. It's it it's so much fun. So okay, I do want to talk just one spoilery thing about the end. Do you have anything else to say before I do that? Uh, no. Okay. So spoiler, spoilers. Skip ahead a little bit if you just want to hear our rating, but. So the movie ended and there's sort of, there's this moment where it's kind of like, oh, you know, maybe there's a transference of machine souls or whatever. Mm -hmm. I thought the better ending and a better setup for a sequel would have been that there's another character who sort of trades secrets of like what's going on with this launch at Mm -hmm. one point. And I thought it would have been so much better to open up on a room where more Megans have been made. That's kind of, I was wondering... Uh, if that's the ending we were going to, as I was watching, I'm like, is it going to be like child's play two, you know, where they go to the factory and there's a ton of Chucky's. So he has unlimited ability to uh, transfer himself. That's what I was thinking might happen. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, I think that there's definitely options for sequels here. So I'm intrigued to see what happens because if they do a sequel, I feel like it wouldn't be like the same Megan, which mm-hmm. I know they said it could be black. It could be white. It could like, you have all these options, mm-hmm. but I wonder, cause it seems like it would have to be a different company making the doll. Yeah. And like, what would it look a little different and things like that? So, but I, there's gotta be a sequel. I mean, it's done so well. Yeah. Oh, of course they're going to yeah. come up with something. So, and I wonder if it would be like the name Megan, but with a two instead of a three. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, they're going to do that, I bet. 
We're yeah. we're calling it right now. And if they do that, they owe us money. Yep. Uh, TM, TM. TM, TM, pay this podcast if that happens. <laughs> but yeah, I had a blast. Great first, um, you know, big release, big horror release yeah. of 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and January, you know, dumping things in January usually is what they do with things that they don't know how it's going to perform. Yeah. So they dump them in January and sometimes you get a surprise hit like this. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, out of five severed ears. I kept going back and forth on this where I was going to go. But you know what? It's fun. It was a blast. I think people should see this and have fun with it. So I'm giving it four. I'm giving it four as well. Wow. So there's a scare of approval. Scare of approval. Yeah, buddy. I I couldn't be happier to have been proven wrong from my feelings of just being like, oh, I bet this won't be good. And it turned out it was a lot of fun. So, Oh, yeah. So much fun. I just I mean, I think if you go into this being like, oh, you better prove to me that you're a good scary movie like that. that, It's Mm -mm. it's a different sort of vibe. And I don't think enough movies and it all makes sense that Housebound was directed by the same director because that movie is so much fun. And if you yeah, haven't absolutely. seen Housebound, it's on our first episode is what we talked about. So go back and check it out because it is amazing. Yeah, I can't believe that was episode one. Yeah. Housebound all that time ago. Yep. Well, again, write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Tell us what you thought of Megan. Tell us what we should watch. Tell us your dreams and hopes. What? I forgot to mention, mild spoilers, but my new favorite movie character <laughs> is that little Furby thing from the beginning of this, that all it does is wisecrack and shit itself. I'm like, what an awesome character. And it looked like all the stuff looked so authentic. The commercials, they didn't look like they were made for a movie. They looked real. They looked real. And I'm like, this is incredible. So yeah, I'm all about that. Fuck. Yeah. I agree with you. That was, I love, I love, I love fake commercials that look authentic. I love fake news broadcasts that look real. I love when movies do that. So I'm all about it. Yep. Love it. All right, well, write to us. Um, I think I just said it's caringandsharing at gmail.com. Write to us, okay? Caringandsharing at gmail.com. <laughs> and remember, welcome to prime time, bitch. And guys, don't forget, food's a little funny at the Clown Cafe. And keep watching and talking about scary movies because... Scaring is sharing. That's right. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.